RadioInfluence.com. This is Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. A look inside the biggest and most controversial news stories you need to know now. One of the country's most relied upon law enforcement analysts, Vincent Hill. Hey, good evening and welcome to Beyond the Badge. Of course, I am your host, Vincent Hill, and it's good to be back. I missed you guys last week. I was out in Oakland for business for the entire week. And I got to tell you, um, you know, the California wildfires uh, that are going on, they were going on last week while I was out in Oakland. And believe it or not, I was about 40, 45 miles away from the actual fires. But the smoke itself was so bad that you could literally smell it walking down the streets of Oakland, California. At one point, it was so bad that I actually stepped out of my hotel room and uh, smelled the smoke in the hallway. And I actually thought that the hotel was on fire. But no, it was just the smoke from those uh, wildfires out in California. And you literally not only could smell the smoke, you could see ash falling down uh, in the sky in the city of Oakland. So just imagine that and then just imagine where the fires actually were and what those people were and are dealing with. A lot of people lost everything. Homes have been uh, totally burned to the ground. There was a school, a high school that burned to the ground. Uh, A lot of people uh, are going to have a long road ahead of them uh, to recover, not just physically because some people were injured, but financially and most importantly, emotionally. You know, it's it's hard to lose something, and it's really, really hard to lose everything. And that's what a lot of people in California are dealing with uh, as a result of those fires. So my prayers are definitely out to them. Uh, I think there's some funds set up where you can donate to victims of the fire. And, you know, if you're a praying person, pray for uh, those affected by the fires in California. Now, as I said, I was out in Oakland for work. Uh, I can't remember if I mentioned on this show before that I accepted a role as vice president of fraud for an entirely new company uh, that's based in California, but they opened an Atlanta office. And, you know, I'm thrilled to have that role. And, you know, one of the things I said on my Facebook uh, at my last company, and I definitely won't mention either company name, but at my last company, the position of vice president of fraud came up and I interviewed for it. They decided to hire someone uh, outside of the company. I was told that I wasn't quite ready for that position. And, you know, it, it kind of upset me, especially the time and the work I put in into that company, uh, the hours upon hours of just doing things above and beyond. But then I always went back to, if it didn't happen, it wasn't for you. And ironically, right around the same time, this company I'm with now uh, started calling, said they were looking for a vice president of fraud. I did a phone interview. I flew out to California to do some in-person interviews. A week later, they offered me the position. I accepted. So I'm at my second week at this new company. So, of course, it's keeping me busy. 
you know, learning the company and assuming the role of vice president of fraud. So it's been busy, but it's been, uh, you know, great because, you know, I, I believe that God takes care of his own. And, you know, again, that role at my last company wasn't for me because God had something bigger and better in store for me. And he sent it my way twofold. Now, enough about that. Let's get to it because this is beyond the badge. And I want to talk about uh, a shooting of a black man that occurred this past Friday, Friday the 13th, out in New Orleans. Now, a lot of you are probably saying right now, like, I don't remember hearing about this case and on CNN and, you know, wherever else. Again, it was the shooting of a black man in New Orleans on Friday, the 13th of October. And probably the reason that you haven't heard about it, well, well, hold on. In fact, let me give you the individual's name that was shot. His name was Marcus McNeil, 29 years old, New Orleans, Louisiana. Now, remember in Baton Rouge when Alton Sterling was shot, you heard about it. And you saw hashtags and there were protests and all of this stuff. Well, the reason you haven't heard about this gentleman, Marcus McNeil, simply and quite frankly, is because he is a police officer. Now, I want to talk about the hypocrisy of not only the left, but the black community. And I'll get into that here shortly. But Marcus McNeil, a three year veteran, survived by his wife and two children, which are five and two years old, uh, was attempting to apprehend uh, someone when they came across some suspicious activity. This individual ambushed the officers and a shootout took place, and the officer was shot and mortally wounded. The individual, Darren Bridges, was also shot and wounded, but he survived. Now, he is a black man, and this will go into the hypocrisy of the left and the black community here shortly. But he survived. He's facing, of course, first-degree murder charges, and he was a convicted felon in possession of a weapon, which, of course, lands you 10 years federal time if convicted. Now, remember a few weeks ago when we had the Las Vegas thing, and everyone was talking about gun control. The left was talking about gun control. And I've always said gun control does nothing for the law-abiding citizens of this country. The individual or individuals who did the shooting in Las Vegas purchased the guns legally, according to what we have been told. Now, I can assure you that Darren Bridges, a 30-year-old convicted felon of multiple charges, did not go to his local gun store, did not pass a background check, did not submit his fingerprints to a gun store, a gun dealer, to get said weapon that he used to kill this police officer. So when I hear people on the left talking about gun control, it really irks me. It really irritates me because this is where we need gun control. We need gun control inside low-income communities 
where shootings like this are taking place. We need gun control in a city like Chicago, where five to six hundred people a year are being shot and hundreds upon hundreds of people a year are being killed by gunshot. This is where we need gun control inside these communities. Gun control would not have prevented Las Vegas. Gun control would not have prevented San Bernardino. Gun control would not have prevented Orlando. But what real gun control can prevent are the shootings that take place day after day, minute after minute, second after second in the city of Chicago. Because if we're really tracking guns and we know where they are and we know where they come from and we know people that cross state lines to purchase guns to take over state lines to sell on the street, if we know all of that and we can build laws around that, then I guarantee you would start to see a decline in shootings. Now, the answer definitely isn't to unarmed police. And the answer definitely is, oh, we need background checks for people that buy guns at a gun store. Well, there is a background check. And as long as you meet the criteria that you're not a felon, you haven't been deemed mentally incompetent, which, let's be honest, unless you can get around some HIPAA laws, you won't know that up front. So you have to go on the word of the person filling out the application. And then when you look at that application, because I've purchased a gun here and there, there's nothing that says, hey, do you plan to take said gun and kill 58 people in a mass shooting? Do you plan on taking this gun and going up to the 32nd floor of a hotel and shooting or into a movie theater or into a gas station, wherever? Those questions aren't asked on the application. But what is asked? Are you a convicted felon? Darren Bridges, who shot and killed a police officer, could not have gone to a gun store to get it. So don't come at me with gun control when gun control is not the issue. Gun control in that sense of the word is not the issue. That is not where we need to control guns. Now let's dig deeper into this Darren Bridges. So back in 2012, he was sentenced to six and a half years. And if my math is right, it hasn't been six and a half years, 2012, we're only in 2017. Six and a half years for attempted possession of a firearm by a felon. Previous convictions of battery and marijuana possession. Now, here's the kicker, and I don't even want to say it's a kicker. According to the parole supervision on the weapons charge, that would have ended in June, this coming June, had none of this happened. So if he would have waited till June of next year to have done what he did, shoot and kill a police officer, he wouldn't have been on parole, supervised parole for this said gun charge. Now he was out on parole also for a battery charge for which he is arrested for in 2011. So, you know, I kind of got to touch base on 
what everyone says, the injustice system for the black man is not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. Well, first of all, and let me be clear on this. I'm a black man and I've never been involved in the justice system other than arresting people that committed crimes. A, my point being, don't do a crime. You won't end up in the justice system. But I got a question who. More of who was this justice system really not fair for? Was it the black man, Darren Bridges, that shot this police officer for all intensive purposes, as far as I'm concerned, should still be in prison for his previous charges? Or was it unfair to the black man, Marcus McNeil, the police officer that was out protecting and serving? Because, you know, we can go back and forth with that racial and justice and disparity and all this other crap with the justice system and how it unfairly treats black people but obviously it treated this guy darren bridges quite well if he was out on parole for charges of battery guns drugs but yet he was walking the street so where's the unfairness in the justice system i say the only unfairness to the justice system is the fact that now there's a five-year-old and a two-year-old going without a father because the justice system that everyone says is not fair to the black man was too lax on this guy Darren Bridges because if he was in prison guess what officer McNeil would still be here today he would still be going home to his five and two-year-old but there's there's more to this story and you know i I, i've had this conversation with countless people about tasers and you know people assuming that the taser is just this great tool that paralyzes you and you can't move and you can't do anything and i've told people to go watch videos of where people have been tased and it had no effect on them well here's another part to this story. Officer McNeil had actually tased Darren Bridges just moments before Darren Bridges shot and killed him. So that goes back to what I always say, where people just assume that you're just going to flop down and you won't be able to move and it takes all the fight out of you and, you know, get that TV stuff out of your head. This isn't law and order. This isn't bad boys with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence, it's real life. Sometimes, although you taste someone, it may not have an effect on them. Sometimes, when you pepper spray someone, it may not have an effect on them, especially when that person mentally, mentally, that whole fight or flight scenario, mentally knows if I get caught, I'm going back to jail because he had. Some drugs inside the bag that was later recovered. And don't forget the gun. So if he gets caught, he's going back to prison. He knows this. So a taser, you tase him. He still has it in his mind. I'm not going back to prison. So what does he do? He ends up shooting the officer and killing him. Tased, recovers a few Moments later, he shoots and kills the officer. 
Now, I can already see his defense attorney, Bridges' defense attorney, trying to get him off. And it, it wouldn't surprise me if he uses the the race card that they were just profiling a black man, yada, 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 yada. Well, luckily, there is surveillance footage because anyone that's been to New Orleans knows they have a lot of cameras on the streets. There's a lot of businesses that have cameras facing the street. Um, so what the video shows, McNeil shown wearing a blue tactical uniform, identifying him as police, encountered Bridges, who was carrying a backpack, which, of course, later they found out contained illegal drugs. The video shows that a tussle broke out between McNeil and Bridges, who brandished what is described as a unique firearm. I'm not sure exactly what that is, but this is coming directly from the arrest warrant, the arrest affidavit. McNeil and Bridges were the only people present at the time, which seemingly conflicts with earlier accounts that gave the impression McNeil was accompanied by three colleagues when the police attempted to stop Bridges. So. Officer McNeil approached Bridges to investigate something. There's a tussle. Bridges pulls out this weapon. And several gunshots were then fired. McNeil could be heard screaming. There's a pause and then one more gunshot rang out, leaving McNeil unresponsive with his service pistol still in his holster. Wow. Wow, this is the first time I'm reading this warrant right here live on Beyond the Badge. And I'm blown away by it. It says Bridges dropped his backpack during the struggle. At some point, McNeil fired his stun gun at Bridges and struck him. So I assume this is captured on the video. But the weapon appeared ineffective and the fight continued. That's what I just said. Sometimes, even though people watch TV and assume that it works, sometimes tasers are ineffective. I've personally seen it. Several gunshots were then fired, and McNeil could be heard screaming. There was a pause, and then one more gunshot rang out, leaving McNeil unresponsive with his service pistol still in his holster. He was later taken to University Medical Center where the medical staff pronounced him dead. You know, that's that's really sad that of course the officer didn't attempt deadly force right off the bat and maybe during the scuffle he didn't think there was an imminent threat against his life. So I can definitely understand that. I definitely don't want to question Officer McNeil's actions, and he's not here to tell his side of it. I'm sure the video will tell a lot. So, what I can surmise based on what I've read in this warrant and based on me visualizing this, there's the the scuffle, there's the struggle between the two. There was nothing immediate that made Officer Marcus McNeil think that he needed to use deadly force. Unfortunately, unfortunately, Darren Bridges got the jump on him and was able to brandish this weapon and fire off some shots before Marcus McNeil, Officer McNeil, could unholster his firearm 
Because remember, he still had his taser out, which he'd have to reholster, because that can be used as a deadly weapon, even though it's not classified as one. You don't want a taser just sitting around on the ground that can be used against an officer. So he would have had to reholster his taser, unholster his firearm, and shoot back before anything could have happened, which is physically impossible because your body can only react a so fast and it can only move so fast reholster the taser unholster your firearm and return fire think about that and think about how next to impossible that is if the suspect already has the drop on you now the warrant does say if i read it right that uh bridges brandish what is described as a unique firearm and then it goes on to say that mcneil fired his stun gun so it's unclear if he pulled the stun gun out first and fired it and then the weapon was pulled the the gun was pulled and the shots rang out uh or he saw the gun and for whatever reason again i don't want to second guess anything this officer did because the tragedy is that he's not here maybe he did see the gun and again there wasn't that thought of imminent threat or danger against his life because maybe bridges was running away with said gun and the officer thought well if i tase him it will render him helpless which it did not you know i, I don't want to assume it at the end of the day the whole thing is sad uh, you know i i i hope that when this goes to trial that despite what people think about police and community and all this other crap right now, that people will watch the video. They will look at the evidence. They will look at Bridges' history. And then they will convict accordingly. And I don't know what the laws are in Louisiana regarding the death penalty, but, I mean, you killed a cop because you didn't want to go back to jail. And you knew you'd be looking at some serious, serious time because not only did you have a gun, not only did Mr. Bridges have a gun, police recovered from the backpack powder cocaine, crack cocaine, heroin, and several pills commonly known as Xanax. Now, I'm going to go out on a limb because, you know, I used to be a police officer. And I used to work narcotics. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say this stuff was not for personal use. If I had to guess, it was packaged for resale. So you have drugs and a gun. And you come across this officer that you know, if, you fi if he finds this, you're going back to prison. So in Bridges' mind, his only option to prevent himself from going back to prison was to shoot and kill this officer. But luckily, luckily, he was injured at some point and he was apprehended by the police. So guess what, Mr. Bridges, you are going back to prison. And guess what, Mr. Bridges? The powder cocaine, the crack cocaine, the heroin, the Xanax, the Mollies, 
the hot tamales, whatever else you had in that bag, are the least of your concern. Your biggest concern now is the fact that you're being charged with first-degree murder of a police officer. Of a man that looked just like you. Of a man whose daughter probably looked just like yours. Whose mother looked just like yours. And I think that's a perfect segue. I mentioned earlier at the start of the show, I wanted to talk about the hypocrisy of the left and how it has just brainwashed the black community. Now, I talked about this a little bit during the election. And here's a perfect example. And in fact, I tweeted Black Lives Matter and I asked him the question. And if you don't believe me, go to my Twitter feed at Vincent Hill TV. I asked him the question, if all black lives matter, how come you're not protesting Marcus McNeil killed by another black man? Now, one or two things are going to happen. They're going to respond with some bullcrap hate, or they're not going to respond. I'm going to go with the latter and say they probably won't respond to it because they know what I said is true. But let's talk about hypocrisy. It's okay. It's okay for one black man to kill another black man. And the statistics are crazy of how often it happens. It's like less than every five minutes, right? In this country, where another black man kills another black man by gunfire. It's okay for one black man to kill a black police officer. I guess the black community just categorizes that as black on black crime. But it's not okay if a white police officer who is responding to a crime, who is dealing with a combative suspect or an armed suspect or a resisting suspect, uses force, which turns out to be deadly force, then it's not okay to kill a black man. So let me just, let me add this up and make sure I got it. I can go to Chicago. I can see that I've lost count of how many hundreds of black men have been shot this year. It's okay. I I can see that. But nobody's talking about it because the person that killed them looks just like them. But if a Chicago police officer who happens to be white or Hispanic or Asian or anything, really, even black in some cases, if a police officer does the exact same thing under legal pretenses, i.e. they were responding to a a crime, they were met with deadly force, they had no option but to use deadly force, then all of a sudden it's not okay. Then all of a sudden it's this racial disparity in the black community. It's this hate for the black man. What about the hate that goes on in the black community? Obviously, there's some hate there if you'll kill a person just for looking at you wrong or you'll kill a person just because they wore the wrong color. If that's not hate, <laughs> I don't know what is, because it's not like you're responding to a crime and you're, meet, you're met with deadly force and you have no choice. People in Chicago and across this country are getting killed 
over a $5 dime back. Is that not hate? People in Chicago and across this country are getting killed because they wore a red shirt versus a blue shirt. Shirt. Is that not hate? You see the hypocrisy that goes on every day in the black community, but yet everyone else is just racist? Everyone else just has it out for the black man, but nobody seems to think that the black community has it out for themselves. And yes, for those that are first time listeners, I am a black man. But let's talk facts. It's just like using the N word. That word gets tossed around in the black community thousands upon thousands upon thousands of times a day. You see memes, mimes, whatever you call those things with the word. Everybody in the black community uses the word male, female, young, old. I choose not to use it. But I guess because the black community has dropped the ER and added a that it's okay. It's okay for the black community to use the N-word and call each other the N-word and for a female to refer to a male as her N-word. It's okay that it gets tossed around hundreds, thousands times a day in the black community. But God forbid that someone that is not black or has a, as they call on the street, a black card uses that word, then all of a sudden, everybody has a problem. All of a sudden, everybody is a racist. Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. You know, I was flying back from L.A. Friday evening. Like I said, I was in Oakland. I had to fly to L.A. Uh, Friday for a few things for work. Then I flew back to Atlanta Friday evening. And the lady I was sitting on the plane... Uh, next to she I guess she was the grandmother because it was some grandbabies uh, either her daughter or her son and son-in-law whatever so they were sitting behind me uh, the lady was sitting next to me and we landed and uh, I I guess they were going to like a brother's house whoever's house I don't know uh, but basically the daughter had said well uh, we need to stop by a restaurant uh, because she said that there's, she, she didn't get a chance to cook, and there's really nothing close to the house. So the lady I was sitting next to proceeds to say, I'm going to have a talk with him. I told him he should have married a black woman. Really? Because, because if the roles were reversed, and someone said that to you, and said, oh, he should have married a white woman, you would be calling them a racist. So it's okay for you to say, I told him he should have married a black woman. But if someone would have came to you and said, yeah, your son should have married a white girl because A, B, and C, they would have been a racist. And the daughter even said, Shh, there's people on the plane. And the lady's response was, I don't give a shit. I'm going to have a talk with her and him. First of all, it's really not your business who your son or whoever this guy is was married to. But 
if the roles were reversed and someone came to you and said, your son should have married a white woman, you would be calling them a racist. You'd probably be calling your attorney. You'd want to have a news conference. You'd want to do all of this stuff. But it's okay for you to do it because you're a black person. And of course, black people can't be racist. They can call each other the N-word. They can kill each other in droves, but they can't be racist because that's impossible. But you can definitely be some very big hypocrites because if black lives truly mattered, I wouldn't be the only person doing the hashtag Marcus McNeil for Officer Marcus McNeil, who was killed on Friday the 13th in New Orleans. And again, if you don't believe me, Go to my Twitter, at Vincent Hill TV. I tweeted Black Lives Matter, asking them, why is there no protest for this black man who was killed? Because Black Lives Matter only matter if that black person was killed by a white police officer, or just a white person in general, because, again, they still tie Trayvon Martin to Black Lives Matter and say he was the spark of the movement, which, of course, we know George Zimmerman had nothing to do with police, and nor is it fair to associate Trayvon Martin with police officers because it was just an idiot that shouldn't have had a gun. But at any rate, this just proves that the whole Black Lives Matter movement is hypocrisy as well, because I can go down the list, not just Marcus McNeil, I can go down the list of black officers killed since BLM came into existence, and not one peep from the Black Lives Matter movement, not one peep from Al Sharpton, not one peep from all of these attorneys that are going around making millions of dollars off of these families of people that were killed by police acting in the line of duty. Hypocrisy. All right. I'm definitely out of time. I don't want to keep you any longer than I need to, but of course it is now time for my 10-7 segment. And for those that are first time listeners, 10-7 means end of watch in police terms. And of course, this goes without saying tonight, I honor police officer Marcus McNeil, New Orleans Police Department, New Orleans, Louisiana, end of watch, Friday, October 13th, 2017. Now, this is coming directly from the Officer Down Memorial page, odmp.org. Police officer Marcus McNeil was shot and killed while investigating a suspicious person near the intersection of Terra Lane and Lake Forest Boulevard shortly after midnight, according to the ODMP. He and three other officers had just exited their vehicles when a man standing nearby opened fire on them, striking Officer McNeil several times. Now, remember, that's not what the warrant said. This is by, according to ODNP. Despite being mortally wounded, he returned fire and wounded the man. The man fled to a nearby apartment complex where he was taken into custody after remaining barricaded for several hours. Officer McNeil had served with the New Orleans Police Department for three years. He was survived by his wife and two young children. 
Where you at, Black Lives Matter? Here's a 29-year-old black man shot and killed on the streets of New Orleans, but yet not a peep. But I assure you, if the roles were reversed and Darren Bridges was shot and killed by police, you guys would be in New Orleans right now setting up shop, protesting, getting arrested for failure to disperse, all of that stuff. So I challenge you, Black Lives Matter, if you say that, don't just say it, be it. If Black Lives Matter, prove it to me. Protest this officer being killed by a thug, and yes, I use the word thug, by a thug who shouldn't have been on the streets anyway. To Officer McNeil, Marcus McNeil, Godspeed to you, sir. I know there's a special place for you in heaven. My prayers to you and your family, especially your two young children, who will not know what it's like to grow up with their father based on the actions of this one individual who did not want to go back to prison. I thank you, my loyal listeners, for listening. I will see you next week right here, RadioInfluence.com. Good night. To continue the conversation, get updates on the show, and to find out when you can see him on television, follow Vincent on Twitter, at Vincent Hill TV. That's at Vincent Hill TV. This has been Beyond the Badge on Radio Influence. This is a sitting ringside with David Penzer. Quick Fix on Radio Influence. The voice of WCW Monday Night Show, many say, and um, one of the most interesting guys I've met in the business and uh, always fun to talk to. Ladies and gentlemen, Tony Schiavone, welcome to Sitting Ringside. How are you, sir? So, Mike, say hello to Tony. Tony, how are you doing, sir? Hey, Mike, good to talk to you, buddy. Let me let me start out by saying, woo! <laughs> uh, so so, so in, in two minutes or less, Mike, I want you to tell them about your Four Horsemen wedding. Okay, so here's the deal. Big wrestling fan. Um, obviously, this is why I'm doing this. So I went to the fiance and I said, hey, listen, uh, I'm not really wild about the idea that everybody stands when you come down, but I walk down like a curtain jerker. Okay, and I just stand there. Hey, Tony, so said, Tony, this isn't a work. He's serious about it. No, this is oh, legit. God. This okay. is legit. And, and she, she said, what are, you, what are you talking about? And she's getting a little disgruntled. I said, well, here's the deal. You're going to have your moment in the sun, but I want mine, too. I said, you got to go ahead and pick your bridesmaids. I got my guys. So let's go ahead and let's meet in the middle. So I gathered a bunch of guys together. I picked my horsemen. I was Flair. We, uh, they walked down to Arn's Music. They went down. They uh, had the shades. They had the pop collars with the sport blazers. The title bill. I came, yes. Mm. I came down to 2001, the Space Odyssey. And uh, the rest is history. But we have videos. And uh, people said they'd never seen it before. And I'm proud of it. And, and David thinks and, it might be a little over a the top. Little, yeah, he wooed after when they said I do, he wooed. And he actually he thought about wearing a, a sequin robe down the aisle, but his wife vetoed that. Yeah, well, one thing I can say to that, Mike, is, first of all, God bless you <laughs> for your love of the horseman and love of wrestling. And, and what's, your, uh, what's your bride's name, your wife's name? Her name is Megan. And to Megan, I'd just like to say, God bless her, that she would actually marry a slapdick like you. So I tell you what. Okay.
to, to be able to be called a slapdick by Tony Schiavone, I tell you what, that is one of my, uh, that, that, that's one of my crowning moments in life. Sitting ringside with David Penzer can be found on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com. 